Hello team, it's Pam here from Alt Marketing School. I have a question for you right now and that is what would happen if you could market to hearts and not brains? What would you think would happen if you knew that you could make the world a better place with positive impact marketing but putting purpose and results first? If you want to find out, then come and join us for the Alt Marketing Certification. Our six-week digital bootcamp for professionals who want to do marketing differently and advance their career along the way. Join me and our six incredible teachers to learn how to advance your career with confidence by applying effective systems and frameworks to the latest trends. The next cohort is coming up soon, so I would love to have you join us. And all you have to do is apply to join at altmarketingschool.com slash learn. Go to altmarketingschool.com slash learn to apply for the next cohort of All Marketing School certification. Hello and welcome to Make an Impact Show, a podcast run by Creative Impact Co. Our mission is to help creatives grow their business, hone their marketing, and share their stories via outstanding content. Hello team and welcome back to the Make an Impact Show. As you might have heard, oh my god, we're just laughing so hard. Wait a second, I can't do this. As you might know from me laughing, I'm back with emulation. That's why I'm laughing. Uh, can, do, do you want to tell the audience? that everyone could have heard what Fab just did to know that this was the beginning of the recording? Sorry. Okay. Now explain <laughs> to people what happened because you know that it's me and Amy from already laughing and I haven't even started the conversation. What happened? What happened? Are you asking me what happened? Yeah, I want you, I want you to say that. because Okay, so basically, because um, we're recording a couple of episodes back to back, Fab um, made a beautiful noise so that she could tell in editing when the end of the previous episode was and when the start of this episode is. So um, do you want me to do an impression, Fab? Yeah, but remember that if there's a high spike, could somebody on a commute might actually have a heart attack. So okay, it's fine. Um, so I'll do a low impression. So just imagine this is much higher uh, than it actually is. Uh, so Fab basically went like this. Meep. Uh, but much higher kind of ear piercing noise so that she could tell and uh yeah and then she went straight into it like a profesh and of course I burst out in in laughter (laughs) you know what this is what doing an audiobook teaches you with a with a poor sound editor and I spend it like 12 hours a day for two days with this person for my second book reclaim your time off that's what we did and we had to find really interesting ways to actually kind of communicate especially with the poor human who had to edit 12 hours each day of, of my talking. So we learned little things. And this this was an iteration of something similar to what we did. So yeah, the problem is I can go really high, really high pitch really quickly. So yeah, it's kind of startling. Even the recording lady on Zoom, I think, had a bit of a moment when, when I <laughs> record. Anybody who is using Zoom will know what I'm talking about when I say the recording lady on Zoom. Anyway, so we went on a tangent and that was the beginning of the episode. Hello, everyone. Uh, we're back with our solo episodes, as you can tell. And this episode is going to be me talking and Amy laughing in the background. So you're welcome. I'm just going to keep myself on mute. I'm just going to laugh the entire time. <laughs> yes, we're talking about popular opinions. So there's going to be more gold today. This is literally one of my favorite topics because we actually ran it on an Instagram live and people went wild. So I'm expecting 
more potential unpopular opinion to coming after this. So again, you can tag both of us as at Creative Impact Core for us and obviously Amy at Amy Layton with more of your unpopular opinions after you listen to this because I want to hear them. I'm going to start with mine. So we're going to throw a few around today. That's kind of the, the name of the game because it's an unpopular marketing opinion and I think you can apply it to business and everything else. And actually I wrote it down uh, once in a tweet because, you know, like haikus on tweet, Twitter. So I want to say this one because I forgot and it's good. Um, and is that people will tell you what they think they want, but they will show you what they really want. And I think that's in marketing, especially, but in general, when it comes to business, I think also in life, but let's go with the professional side of it. People will tell you what they think they want, but they will show you what they really want. I like that. Mm-hmm. You, you want me to elaborate on it? Yeah, please do. Yeah, because it can be a lot of things, but... So I'll tell you from a business perspective. So obviously this was in a marketing context, but for example, it, let's use the example of the collective. Okay. So if you don't know the collective is our membership, hello members who are listening. We love you. And basically, you know, we run events every week. We, we do connections. We have opportunities for our members. There's a lot more coming up as well in the next coming months, which I'm quite excited. We open it a few times a year. So around the time that we open it, we actually do a survey because we always ask people what they want. An example, we asked people when they wanted our uh, buddy kind of accountability calls and people said like a specific time. And then what we saw is that actually calls at another time will get more people to show up because it will work well with the schedules. You can apply this to anything. So whenever you're asking people for feedback, you need to be open to learn from it or even what they want to see, you know, on your but also then look at the behaviors, look at what they do. So for example, you know, what are, let's use Instagram again, but as an example, because everybody knows what are the posts that people are engaging with the most podcast episodes, what are the type of podcast episodes people are listening to the most. So downloading people might tell you what they want because they think that's what they want, but then their behaviors will tell you differently. So with us, the collective is literally the best example because we're asking people to actually engage. So we need to know how can we get them to come back and to engage with fellow members? So it's really important for us. So this doesn't mean that you don't have to ask people what they want. It's really important because it allows you to get a bit of perspective. But always try and weigh it against also what you can see because what we do can tell us a lot more than what we say. Is it making any sense? And if so, also any thoughts from you, Amy? Because that's what we personally have seen and I've seen it also with clients that I work with and anybody else pretty much. Mm, yeah I love it that's so interesting so I guess I've got a couple of thoughts slash ponders slash questions I guess which are is there something within that then if people tell you what they think they want is there an element then do you think of people telling you what they think you want to hear within that as well is question number one thought number one do you want to ask me all of them or you want to just me for like to elaborate on this one first because it might be whatever because it's quite it's quite this quite why don't you go with that one first yeah there's quite a big answer answer to that one i believe it depends and especially if you're listening you might be listening and maybe you have let's say your own coaching business or you might have your nutrition practice right You'll have different types of audiences. So I find myself as well. I don't have a personal Instagram, for example. So I try to give some snippets of my personal life and I have some friends and even people from uni are going back 10 years now 
they actually found me. And so because I don't post on Facebook, they still follow me. So for example, the super fans or your friends might actually have a different way to answer some of the questions. So even if it's not necessarily your BFF from uni, even if you're going to your newsletter, there might be people that read every email, they follow everything. And so they might have a bit of a bias cue with some of the answers to the questions that you might have because they're trying to also kind of look at what you do. Whereas though, however, people that either don't know you really well or people that are very new to your brand or to what you do, they might be, or people that you literally ask, actually, there are different tools, which I'm always a bit skeptical about, but I've seen some people have good responses with like just do the testing. So people that actually don't know you, don't know what you do, are a lot more honest in some ways, or they actually give you different perspectives. So I always say yes and no, I would say. But I think especially if it depends on what you're asking, you know, if it's your members, for example, like again with the community, we also try and get at least one or two members either on the phone or on Zoom and actually have a chat with them and really see because then you can get more out of it. So it's always also there's a combination of how you're asking as well, because, for example, if if people feel more at ease or if people actually feel like you cannot see who's saying what, then they feel a lot freer. So it really does depend. There are ways that you can go around potentially bias and skews. Uh, it really does depend on what you're asking and why you're asking it as well. So if it's something that is really, really, really important, then maybe go beyond just doing like an Instagram poll and just kind of taking that for gospel, dive a bit deeper and maybe ask people that have different opinions. So I don't know if he answers your question. Maybe it gives you something practical to think about, but I don't know if you answer the question. Yeah, no, I think so. I think that's that's it's really good to be aware of that and whether, as you say, whether there is a bias towards you or the brand or you know the business that you're asking for feedback for or not so I guess my other question then my other wonder is if people are showing you what they want how how do you understand that is it literally through doing things and then through trial and error and seeing what works and what doesn't work does that make sense when it comes to that, that's me. That's me then putting back my marketing uh, little hat on, I'll be honest, because that's where I will go back. And for me, it's easier to understand and figure that out because I, as a marketer, first, before founding Creative Impact and everything, I look at data. So I try then to actually look at behaviors and data. And we actually have in the collective we did a couple of years ago, but they're still super relevant, or maybe last year, last year, I think we did the last one, a UX workshop just to explain what UX is and how it works. And I found it very fascinating. And a lot of people actually don't know exactly what it is. And so understanding the better user experience for your audience can be really beneficial. Understanding where people are going or how they are using your website. Again, on places like Instagram, you can pretty do much do the same by just going into Instagram and looking at what people are engaging with. But if you can see, if you can actually have a way to understand how people are acting and online, you can see that a lot more and a lot more easily. That helps. Even if it's just what Facebook ads people are clicking on, if they're still clicking on Facebook ads, you know what I mean? Or anything like that. So I would see that's where you really need to get a bit geeky and get the data to help. If it is something like, I don't know, a course or a program, then that's probably when it's worth the while for you to actually do a bit of more the testing. In that case, you might struggle because you're like, well, it's a program. So I don't have, I don't look at my Google Analytics because it's not going to tell me anything. One thing that you can do, which is not new, but um, you can either have somebody kind of joining the program from a reduced fee or something like that, and then ask them for some actual honest and 
kind of like feedback again if you can on the phone or on zoom just having a proper chat with them and we did that with our digital accelerator which we run a couple of times a year because it's one of the best ones because it's actually the longest one and it really helps people launching the product or actually reviewing their products and with somebody doing it in this sense and then we asked her loads of questions afterwards and she was really honest because she knew that that was part of that conversation if you're doing that to do it with less people and people you trust because you it's going to be quite a complex ask because you have to ask them actually to be quite honest and one of the feedback we got was for example that we needed to add a couple of which now we have a couple of office hour sessions so it's not going to be eight master classes because it's too much it's going to be five master classes with three office hours and obviously all the content people can access so you know it gives you the insights, but my top tip would be, regardless of how you do it, whether it's data or proper feedback with people in a more tailored way, make sure that you have something that you can do for it, especially if it's something that takes a lot of time in your business, that takes some actual budgeting, like, for example, creating, you having somebody help you with Instagram, make sure you got analytics and you actually overlook what's going on and actually be able to do that. I think that's very important. So I hope it answers all the questions and it gives people something to think about. Because now I want to know your unpopular opinion for the day. Is that something that came up for you? Yeah. Although, firstly, I must just say, because you're talking about people telling you what they want, I've now got the Spice Girls stuck in my head. I'll tell you what I want, what I really want. Tell me what you want, what I really, really want. So, yeah, sorry. I've just been having that go around in my head for the last five minutes. Just needed to share that to get that off my uh, off my chest. But, no, I think those are really good points. And I think, especially with your marketing background, that's really good stuff for us to be able to learn and understand um, so that we can continue to engage our audiences and our clients a little bit more, I think. So, thank you for that. I love that unpopular opinion. So, my unpopular opinion is that being busy is good. Being busy is good. In that, I think, and this has definitely been a conversation that we've certainly had over the last 18 months, but in that, you know, filling our diaries morning to evening, seven days a week, is not necessarily a good thing. It's not necessarily a healthy thing. Um, And as the world is opening up, I'm certainly feeling it. I don't know about you, Fab, but, you know, I'm being that person now when friends are saying, can we meet up? I'm like, yeah, I don't mean to be that person, but um, I'm now taking diary bookings for the end of November at weekends. And I hate it. I hate it. And, you know, work-wise as well, I've certainly fallen into the trap of things opening up and me saying yes to absolutely everything. And then suddenly going oh, well, hold on. Where's my space for me? Where's my space for me to be creative or have a little bit of time for myself or do some self-care? And, you know, everything that I've had the opportunity to do over the last 18 months, I'm like, well, hang on a minute. Why is this all just suddenly disappeared? So, you know, I know, for example, for me, I need maybe one or two days a week or I don't have a huge amount of stuff planned in because then A, I get a chance to catch up on all my admin, but I also have the feeling of space in my diary. And for me to be able to show up as the best kind of person, human being, coach that I can be, I know that I need that physical and mental space 
just to be able to be creative, to brainstorm ideas, to be able to have conversations with people, to be able to do things like this, where I know I'm able to chat and bounce ideas off of someone. And that feels really, really nourishing for me. And when I don't have that, I start to feel really constricted and really stifled. I get really caught in my head and I become tired. I become a bit grumpy. I'm sure my fiance will agree. And basically I lose that sense of who I am. So, you know, for me, the idea that I've got to get up at 5.30 in the morning and I've got to be go, 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 go. And I've got to say yes to everything because the world is opening up again. That doesn't work for me. I don't know how you found it, but that's that's certainly my unpopular opinion and something that I am taking into, into the next few months going forwards, for sure. I have a, a thought and a question. A question. A question. A question. A question. She's a thought question. Question. You're welcome, kids. You're welcome. New words every day. No, because I was thinking. So the thought comes from a place of thinking, where does the idea that busy is good come from right now? And I'm almost thinking it comes from the fact that before... I mean, actually, no. Let let me go this way. We started seeing in the past 18 months, that's my thought, Everybody obviously showcasing what they're doing and sharing what they're doing, whether it's going out or whether it was just working on their work online, because what else did we have? Like we just kept sharing. It's also a way for, to keep us accountable. It was a way to to get people to get us motivated, I guess. You know, it's almost a coping mechanism. And I think that's what has been trailing. Like that happened and it started. And now we keep seeing that the world is doing things and everybody's making waves. And we feel like if we're not, then we're missing out. And so that kind of goes into the question is like, how do you protect those boundaries that you're creating for what you said, which, you know, I'm all here for, I'm just doing little dancing waves. I'm reclaiming my weekends and I, it took, only took me like writing a book about it and getting married to figure that out. So yeah, you know, but it took me a while, but still I'm wondering like, like when it comes to thinking about it, then the question would be, how do you keep those boundaries there when, let's be honest, the online world, especially because that's one of the big ones, like the offline world, as you say, almost becomes a bit easier in a way. You kind of say, well, I'm sorry, but this is how I'm, I'm protecting my time now. When it's not even people asking you to do things, is you seeing everywhere, whether you're on LinkedIn, whether you're on Instagram, whether, that people are doing things because we think we're not influenced by that. But I believe that we are. And it's almost like, how can we catch ourselves? How can we be kind to ourselves when still not, not everybody's understanding or not everybody's finding those boundaries for themselves. And so we want to be out there. We want to be online. We want to have conversations. But also we don't want to feel anxious and we don't want to feel pushed to be constantly going because that's what we see everywhere. First of all, is the question making sense? Secondly, I want to hear your thoughts. <laughs> yeah, no, that makes sense. That makes total sense. So, I mean, everybody's boundaries will look different because different things will work for different people. So I'm going to speak purely from my experience um, and maybe it, it might be of help for some people. But I actually had a, a training experience, I'm going to call it, back in August where I had to go through a training experience kind of an experiential is that the right word experiential it was an experience of training yeah yeah we'll go for it where I was I was doing some training with a client and basically as part of that I couldn't have my phone for two days you know it was a 24-hour training for two days on trot and I couldn't have my phone for the entire time 
And I had no contact with the outside world. I didn't have a book. I didn't have notebook. I didn't have pens, anything to do with contact with the outside world, because the whole idea was to give you the opportunity to reflect back on yourself. And the first day, I found it really difficult because I was suddenly like, what do you mean? I've just got to, I've just got to sit. And I've got, I've got to sit with my thoughts for like an hour and I've, I've got to do nothing. Like, what, what do you mean I've got to do that? And I can't have my book and I can't have my phone. And, you know, suddenly all these, these external things, which I was so used to filling my time with, weren't there. And I guess I almost had a little bit of a, a, a withdrawal in that I literally didn't know what to do with myself. And that felt really uncomfortable. And then the second day, I loved it. And I was like, this is great. I was suddenly like, I've got, I've slept so much better. First of all, you know, I've got so much more time in my day, weirdly. Like it, it feels like there's much more space and much more time in my day. And I am able to focus purely on me and the people that I am physically present with in the moment, as opposed to worrying what everybody else is doing. And you know, what was really interesting when that, when that experience finished was that for the first week, I didn't want to be anywhere near my phone. Like, I kid you not, I, I suddenly realized how anxious it made me and how much time I spent on it unnecessarily. And I didn't want to be near it. I, I genuinely was throwing my phone across the room. I was like, I don't, I don't, I don't want to touch it. I, it's, I was putting it on an airplane mode for most of the day. So Obviously, that is the extreme, but it really made me realize what external influences I take on. And so for me now, I'm really mindful of my time that I spend on socials and when I go on and when I don't. And I I know the effect that it has on me because I've had to go without it for a little bit of time. Obviously, that's that's extreme, but you know, that's my experience. And, you know, even now I think the new um, Apple update has released a focus. I think it's called focus setting or something on your phone. And so, you know, you're able to to quieten down lots of notifications and things so that you can get your head down. Um, yeah. So for me, it's, it's about being aware of the effect that being online and consuming content and looking at what other people is doing to me and then actually, what do I need to be able to just stay in my own lane, essentially, and thrive um, in my own way without feeling like I've got all this comparison? And for me, sometimes that is literally throwing my phone across the room, putting it on airplane mode and not coming back to it for the next four hours. Does that answer your question? It does. Plus, yes, for iOS 15, which I don't even know if I can put on my phone, we'll see with the little focus mode, to be honest, I have screen time, which is another little BFF, which helps me with things that I wouldn't. And I think, as you say, when I'm not bringing mindfulness into some of the things I'm doing and just auto piloting, going to places where I'm like, I don't even need to be on Instagram right now. Question, which I know the answer, but I think is a question that some people might might have in their heads is a very quick one. When you're thinking, oh yeah, I, I understand what she's saying. But then I think there's a little, you know, the little voice in our heads, like call it whatever you want to call it that says, mm, but how can I then grow? Let's say, how can I grow? How can I be visible? Oh, that's the word. I don't know if you've seen like the word visibility, which I obviously understand is a big part also like 
mindset and confidence, but how can I be visible online when you feel like, again, comparison and things, if I set my boundaries? Can I still do that? Can I still have those times where I'm, I'm going to do pushing with quotation marks, but what I have to do alone to where I have to do something, can I still be visible and find that what works for me? I know the answer intuitively, but I think a lot of people might be thinking this right now. What would you say to them? What would I say to them? That's a really good point. So yes, it is possible, but it's about being mindful of the way that you use your time. So if you are trying to promote something, if you are trying to launch something, how can you do it in a way that feels good and it feels manageable and you are being really specific with the times that you're doing it, but also you are taking yourself away from it as well. And you are giving yourself space outside, time in nature. You know, we know that we need creative activities or time in nature for at least a couple of hours a week, I think studies have shown, um, to be able to uh, fill up our cup. So what, what activities can we include deliberately and on purpose that, you know, have very boundaried time around them that are not online so that when we are showing up online, we feel good about it, we're totally present and we're not starting to burn out about it. Something that I know some some other um, peers do is that they don't follow anyone who's in the same industry as them. And that might be during a launch. It might be on a longer term basis. But yeah, I know some people will say, well, actually, that puts me into comparison. So I'm not going to follow anyone else who is a nutritionist or I'm not going to follow anyone else who is a coach because actually I need to be able to stay in my own lane without thinking, oh, they're doing it much better than me. So yeah, does that, does that help? I love that. And I think it's really helping some people, I think, be more mindful about how, 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 we, how we think, literally how we think. And that's why sometimes I like to ask, ask the questions that might seem obvious. And obviously we know the answer is yes, but it's like, okay, but how can I make it so that it works for me and it doesn't trigger me or it doesn't, doesn't make me feel anxious. And I, that's why I wanted to ask you. So that's, those are little, little excellent tips. So first and foremost, I hope that, Obviously, if we touched any unpopular opinion that you also had, that we gave you something to think about and maybe something to actually explore for yourselves. Thank you so much, Amy, again, for joining me for this episode two. As always, for these episodes especially, we want to hear if there's any questions that you have, anything that you're going through that you would like us to chat a about. You can just drop us an email at info at Creative Input Group uh, with the subject podcast and just tell us, like, you know, we'd love to hear about this. Or you can also just drop us a line on the gram or everywhere else and say, we love this episode. We would like you and Amy to chat about this next. Amy, remind us if people want to say hi, where should they go once again? Yes. If you want to come, come over and say hi, uh, you'll find me on Instagram at Amy Layton or over on my website, amylayton.com. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to check our show notes for more juicy goodness about this episode. If you loved it, please take some time to give us five stars on iTunes. And make sure that you let us know your ha-has and takeaways on Instagram at Creative Impact Co. Also, you can find out more about us on our website at creativeimpact.group. <laughs>